1: Hi, this is Julie.
0: This is Liz.
1: This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go.
0: You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It's Sunday, March 8th. It's International Women's Day. So, of course, we would like to wish the entire Satellite Sisterhood internationally and nationally, a fantastic <laughs> International Women's Day. I'm in Pasadena, California. I'm here with three of my sisters. Julie Dolan is back in Brooklyn. Julie, glad to have you here with us. I'm happy to be here. I'm
2: reporting today from Heather's Yoga palace and i'll be talking about that in a bit
0: okay all right uh liz dolan you are in santa monica california is it international women's day every day of the year there in Santa? it kind of is it's such an easy life but did you know
1: that the international women's day theme this year leon is make it happen like oh that's a good one they're all about the enough already with awareness now we just have to start it's all about action this year all right which we support
0: Shila, you making it happen there in South Pasadena? I'm making some coffee happen. Is that is that making it happen? I, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Baby steps for you, Sheila. Baby steps. All right. We have a full show today. Uh, Sheila has a parent-teacher conference in the middle of the show. That doesn't usually happen. But we're going to start with my trip to Washington, D.C. for the International Women of Courage celebration. Then we're going to get to Sheila's big story on getting someone else's mail. So that stay tuned for that. Julie's back in Brooklyn. She's going to give us an update on the Urban Nana situation. And Liz has a TV recommendation. Yes, yes. On the positive side, because a lot of TV is scary, you know. So
1: uh, positive TV recommendation. But first, uh, I want to remind people that um, the podcast awards are going on right now. Satellite Sisters. We're very excited to be nominated in the general category. And you can vote every day between now and March 24th. We're going to try not to bug you too much. But, you know, people need a little reminder. And you just go to podcastawards.com. You can find us in the general category. There are lots of other great podcasts from people we recommend all the time on those lists too. So vote around, then you, they send you an email and you just have to verify your vote. So, um, so go for that. Meanwhile, as long as you're online, make sure you like our Facebook page. And if you have something you want to say yourself, you should join our Facebook group uh, because anything goes over there on the Facebook group. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Sad Sisters. You can follow us at Sad Sisters. And I'm actually going to Vegas for the podcast award, Sisters. I just decided. <laughs> that's so funny. I haven't been to Vegas in like 20 years. So the, it's just not my thing. But, so, but last night I went online and I bought tickets to the, the Beatles Cirque du Soleil show. Ooh. That's, that's the only thing I can think of that I actually want to do in Las Vegas. So if there are <laughs> other suggestions, please feel free to, uh, to post them online. Okay. The things I, can't I should do in Vegas
0: imagine you walking up and down the street going <laughs>
1: to... a <laughs> time. I'm looking forward to it. Next month, you know. Okay. Anyway, so Leanne, you had speaking of Twitter, you were live tweeting this amazing International Women of Courage event that you were part of this week. It was very fun to read your tweets, but I could sense like it was kind of a big deal what was going on there.
0: It really was, Liz. I had no idea. I stumbled into this uh, event planning committee. A friend of mine is the chair here. It's part of a Lord larger organization called the American Women for International Understanding, but they were picked handpicked by the State Department nine years ago to put on events for the International Women of Courage. Now the women themselves come from all over the globe and they're picked by the State Department. They're nominated by their embassies in their home country for the important work that they're doing on behalf of women and children there. And then the State Department sifts through literally hundreds and hundreds of nominations to hand pick these ten women. And then these women are bought, brought to the United States for about two weeks. Uh, they come to D.C., they come to our event where it's very, uh, it's warm and it's informal and they're celebrated. We're able to give them grant money. That's what we do. Our committee raises money thanks to many great corporate sponsors like Deloitte, National Geographic and U.S. News and World Report. We raise enough money to give them substantial grants that they can take back to their home country to continue their work. Uh, we also give out some awards. That night ourselves to American women. And then they go to an official ceremony at the State Department the next day. That's usually presided over by the secretary of state. And in the past, the first ladies, first Laura Bush and then uh, Mrs. Obama have been part of this event. And then they go off uh, to various parts of the United States to meet with other people who may be helpful for their work. And then they all meet up at the U.N. in New York. So they have a busy two-week period. Wow. And we're just a little part of it. But it was very exciting because they only, because of security concerns, they, the State Department only releases the name of the women less than 24 hours before the event. And our group puts on a small event. It's 200 people. The women come. We gave an internationalism award to uh, journalist Lori Garrett, who That's writes Exciting. It was really exciting because it's small, Julie, and it's informal. And we have all kinds of ambassadors there. <laughs> we have actual ambassadors, like the ambassador to Kyrgyzstan was with us this year, unbelievably. And, the you know, the U.S. ambassador on global women's affairs, Catherine Russell from the State Department, gives out the awards. Uh, the, we had um, all kinds of press there. But mainly we just get to actually sit and talk to the women about their work. And uh, it's an incredible list, of course. And it's it's super varied. You know, women, uh, we had the first uh, female Afghan Air Force pilot was with us. Uh, She was a young woman, probably in her late 20s. She had flown fixed wing fighters. And then, of course, she had been drummed out of Pakistan or Afghanistan uh, by threats to her family. So her complete family is in hiding because people who don't want women flying jets uh, were up there, uh, you know, scaring her family away. We had at sitting at my table was a 28 year old journalist from Bangladesh, um, she had been working on a story about a series of killings done yep. by an extremist group, and they nearly beat her to death, this group. And instead of her employer supporting her and paying her me- medical bills, they fired her. They fired her. Nothing was ever happened to the men, and she's been through four operations to fix the things that happened to her. Oh, wow. I know. It's just every woman has a story like that. From Bolivia, we had a long um lawyer and legal advocate— who's been supporting uh, the prosecution of rapists and sexual assault uh, perpetrators there in that country under much duress. We had a woman from Central African Republic who was a nurse, but also one of the first people in the country to get and survive Ebola. And she has oh been an God. ad. I know, I know, oh, Sheila. <laughs> I know. She's been an ad- it's been very humbling. It is very humbling, Julie. Yes, when you start to think like, and I was complaining. Complaining about having to go to Trader Joe's for an emergency tulip run earlier in the (laughs) day. It does put things in perspective. That is true. I mean, uh, we even had a woman from Japan. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an impoverished country, a woman from Japan who's been on the front lines of fighting for workplace quality in Japan, which has been such an issue that the government's raised it this this year. So it was quite an incredible group. And it's funny you should say that because the one of the women that got the awards, the American woman, talked about how she's a privileged woman and then just listed, like, Because I don't get beaten, because I was able to go to school, because I could vote. And it was very emotional. Like, everybody in in the audience was nodding, like... We just don't even understand in this country sort of how privileged we are, no matter who we are, just because we have these basic human rights. But it sounds kind of dark, but it was all feel good. It was all our table was cheering and hooting and hollering when they announced all the names and read all the biographies. So it was really fantastic. And then we got a million photos taken. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes,
1: and I, I was- got a, I got an email from my colleagues at National Geographic who were seated with you, Yeah, that not only did they love the event, but that you... You are a hoot, so that's good. In the midst of all of this despair, you can still be a hoot.
2: Well, thank well, I, you for representing the Satellite Sisters uh, so well, Liam. Thank we you very it. much.
0: Yeah, it was it was really something. I felt really privileged and honored to be there. I don't really participate in events like this very often. And I'm usually, if I go, I'm, I'm, an, I'm hired to be, you know, not hired. I volunteer to be the MC or something. So it was really great to sort of sit in the audience and listen to these stories and be a part of this and know it's, we're just a small committee. It's, it's eight people on the committee. It's 200 women in the group, but we are going to make a substantial financial difference to these women when they go back to their countries to continue their work. That was a great feeling. Okay, I got the tulips, the Trader Joe's, and we're giving them this great money. Uh, That's going to make the difference. And uh, I got a lot of cards and stay in touch with some of the younger. We had a journalist from Kosovo there who also, very brave, had been threatened and risked her personal safety to tell the story there and she spoke and it was incredible one funny thing though wait one of the um Lori Garrett was our she was speaking about infectious diseases all over the world. Again, not exactly a feel good topic, uh-huh. but she's such a rousing speaker and has been writing about infectious diseases like Ebola for 15 years, long before any it was on anyone's radar. And she talked about her work this fall in Liberia and Sierra Leone and how we need to treat uh, the microbe and not discriminate against the people and people were like yelling and cheering and she got a standing ovation at the end of it and I was trying to tweet it out all live and I realized I don't really type that fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a lie> tweet,
1: <laughs> but
0: (laughs) live tweeting is hard it's so much
1: pressure Liz (laughs) I had no idea I was just whatever came from you Leanne I was just retweeting it I figured that was all I really needed to do
0: thank you so I don't know where I started with that sentence but all I can say is it was just a it was just a really special evening and I was very glad to be a part of it and then we were meant the next day to go to the official state department ceremony where secretary of state speaks and the first lady speaks, and it snowed, and they canceled the official ceremony. I can't tell you how bummed I was. I mean, first of all, I had bought the red trench coat, and I was going to look good. And...
2: (laughs) You were going to have a power look at the State <laughs> Department, Lee, and we discussed it ahead of time. I was really looking forward to seeing the pictures. Yeah. It's yeah. crushing.
0: Yeah. I heard the Ben Franklin room where they had the reception is unbelievably beautiful, a lot of great antiques, and that the food was really good. So, oh, and man. get to see the First Lady and the Secretary of State. But uh, I couldn't believe it. It was just the whole federal government was shut down. So, uh, and then they did a quickie reception on Friday afternoon at the last minute, but I had to get on a plane so I could not go. Um, but I was happy to have my, my, my brush with these really courageous women. It is inspiring. It it just made it, it gives you a sense of perspective in the work you're doing and how hard it is for some women. But there was just a common theme, like we are all in this together, which is, you know, kind of the Satellite Sister theme. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. we were very happy to be the official sponsors there, the media partners, and it was fantastic. So I'm, I definitely will go back next year if they'll have me. Uh, so, well, I,
2: And I, guess what? The red trench coat. You, nobody's seen it, Lance. So you can wear it next year.
0: But, but the, dress, I, I enjoyed it. You know, did
1: so- you did post some funny photos of you on the National Mall in your like furry hooded coat, whatever you, you bought yeah. a down coat. So we're going to hear about your snow yeah. day later in the show. Yeah. Right? I
0: will tell you what I did on my snow day. I've been pining away for one, but, uh, okay. that, that will come
3: later because Sheila has this parent teacher conference in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just feel like an ant on the sidewalk right now. I mean, <laughs> listening to those women, you know, listening to your travels, Leanne. Um, no, there's not a lot going on except I do. I am in the middle of parent teacher conferences. And it's gone are the days where you did all your conferences in one day. Now it's spread out over several weeks. (laughs) So they begin early and they end late. Uh, But that's okay. Um, Yeah, not a lot has been going on. um, But I did mention to you girls that I think I've gotten on somebody else's mailing list. And um, it started with that beautiful new catalog called Poetry, which I posted about. <laughs> you um, did.
1: I had never even heard of that. What is that?
3: It's it's basically linen and chambray. It's 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 twenty um, year old women wearing um, simple linen dresses that I I have to say none of us could wear. Um, <laughs> Long, long, thin necklaces with rocks on the bottom, uh-huh. that type of thing yeah <laughs> um, spray on tans, and they all average a lot of gray, a lot of white, and a lot of black, uh-huh. so that's that's poetry, um so that arrived, and then I got some other curious mail, which um the first the first notice I got was really depressing i I thought to myself where where's the time between you're pre approved for AARP and the time you're pre approved for a cremation? <laughs> <laughs> like that, where did w- that window go? is closing? Where did that go? Because I got a notice from the Neptune Society. Oh. Wow. Um I am I, I could win a prepaid cremation <laughs> and Oh, it's, that, that's
2: it's, kind of a good news story, Sheila. It's, it's a, that, I guess.
3: It's simple, it's economical, and it's dignified. Uh-huh. Um, and it just makes sense. That's what they said with the wonderful the wonderful quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift. That is why they call it the present. Um, but why would they have that quote on a cremation? <laughs> Um. Add. That's, you know, th- I want to stay in the present. I do not want to think about my cremation right now because I'd rather live in poetry. Like, <laughs> yes. really? Uh, the dream world. I'd rather live in poetry. So that came. And then speaking of international women, I got a pre-approved international society of professional Woman, Women women <laughs> card which again I don't think I think it's somebody else's mail I'm now receiving I think it's someone maybe an earth mother type who's much older and much more successful
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm getting um, a lot of new mail and I'm looking forward to getting more you know who knows. This is exciting
1: because uh, for for a while there, as we've discussed, you weren't getting any mail at all. You, you lost your yeah. mail key, and for <laughs> you know for several months, you got nothing. Yes,
3: yes, that is a good point, Liz. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what's coming next. What other end of life issues I could deal with, and and what I could look like as I go. I mean, it's just it's all it's it's all coming through the mailbox. So anyway. That was going on, and then I, I always mention when I go to the doctor, but uh, this week was very exciting at my doctor's office, um, so I went for my physical, my yearly physical, uh, and I don't know what possessed me to make a physical appointment on a Friday afternoon at 345. I mean, that is, after teaching all week, that's really not a good time to go for your physical, but... um the the good news is by the time i got there i was so tired that when you you know you lie down on the on the bed there and they start examining i just said to my doctor do whatever you want <laughs> i'm just going to lie here because this like feels really, yeah this feels really good um so my i know he did was the exam table he did <laughs> no it was she my my doctor so, but when I before I got to my appointment, walking into the medical office, I noticed there was a big photo shoot going on. I thought, mm, maybe they're taking their their new photos and they've hired a professional photographer and I walk in and I notice that everything's kind of amped up in my doctor's office, and it's a very, very small office, the San Marino office um it, it, it's tiny and and i love it and all the doctors are there and my my gp is there uh but then i noticed the, the the office manager is making the rounds and everybody's heavily made up and then um as i was sitting there slumped over in the chair waiting for my physical a very attractive uh i'd say late 40s gentleman walked over to me and introduced himself as the ceo of my medical office and stood up at attention because for me, this is like meeting my personal president. I mean,
1: (laughs) I mean, this is a person who has a lot of, um, impact on your life.
3: Stood up. He said, Oh no, no, sit down, sit down. He said, I'm so-and-so I'm the CEO of this medical foundation. And I just want to introduce myself. And I just was all over that. I mean, that was wonderful. So we had some moments. He asked me some questions. I sa- I told him all about my doctor and how much I love it here. <laughs> um, was
2: he single? Sheila? He was, was he
3: single the first thing i looked for was a ring there's no ring um he was just listening julie intently and then he said do you have any complaints and i was actually fishing for complaints because i wanted to keep him there (laughs) i said well sometimes when i go to the dermatology office (laughs) um and he wasn't listening at that point but it didn't matter um And everybody, you know, so I walked in, when I walked in and got my blood pressure taken, I, I asked around, I said, is he single? (laughs) Is the CEO of your medical office single? And, um, they said yes. So it was a, it turned out to be a good day (laughs) at my doctor's office. Uh, my numbers weren't great, but I met the CEO and he's single. Yeah, <laughs> so that, I, assume, uh, I assume
1: at that point, your blood pressure was elevated just from meeting it was, him. <laughs> it was a little flush.
2: <laughs> a little uh, uh, part apple palpitations going on there, Sheila. I
3: said, could you please take my blood pressure after we talk? Because I'm a little excited right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's yeah. basically, it. and, um, your life and would
1: totally change with your own. It would be like having your own medical concierge, which is, oh, it, you know,
3: you spend, yes. a, you
1: spend a lot of time on that yourself.
3: I do. I do. And I gave everyone rave reviews. They had a lot of uh, cards that you needed to fill out that day. Everybody was on their best behavior. Um, so it was just a very, a surprise ending to a long week. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. So do you
2: see yourself, Sheila, will you be doing some follow-up appointments? Should, <laughs> uh, hanging out in the waiting room,
3: perhaps? I am. I scheduled a follow-up. Yes. <laughs> I scheduled a follow-up. My doctor wants to see me more often. So that's it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's great to talk to you. I'm off to a parent-teacher conference. And thanks for letting me be part of the show, girls. <laughs> okay. Good luck with your so, parents. Post it on the mail. Okay, yeah. thank you. Okay, I I
2: feel like we had just had a celebrity on this right. show. What do you think, sisters?
1: I'm glad she could squeeze <laughs> us in, though.
2: Hey, well it's uh, Julie here. I mentioned at the start of the show, I'm at Heather's Yoga Palace. Actually, that's the apartment very close to my son and daughter-in-laws where I am uh, where I am staying. I'm back here in Brooklyn to do some some more child care. Their child care situation has not fully gelled yet and they needed Urban Nana on this on the scene. Now, I call it Heather's Yoga Palace because the apartment I'm staying in, uh, the, the woman the woman is Heather and she loves thing all things yoga and Indian, So it has, uh, you know, a lot of yoga mats, yoga Indian statues, uh, and it seems like a perfect place for Urban Nana. Nice. But I'm That's back. I, it is. I'm enjoying it. So, but this week, uh, Urban Nana um, has a nightclub recommendation for you. Now, I know you usually don't get that from Urban <laughs> Nana, but I have one. Surprising. I had to go. I had to go out this week, uh, the night of the snowstorm. In fact, my husband was here in town, and we were meeting some friends from Russia that were in New York and wanted to go to the Blue Note Club to hear some jazz. Now, I don't know if Liz, former New Yorker, if you've ever been there. Do you know?
1: Yeah, that's place? like a classic jazz club. It's been around forever. It's one of the most famous jazz clubs in the Village, right? Yes. And I think our dad used to go there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But for Urban Nana, after a long day of child care, the idea of going to a jazz club, I was like, oh, brother, I'm going to be out, you know, <laughs> till four in the morning. But here's the good, here are two good things. Number one, we saw a fantastic jazz quartet, Ron Carter Quart- Quartet. Now, you might know him. He's probably one of the most famous bass players uh, in this country. I mean, he's played with Miles Davis, B.B. King, Tommy Flanagan, Gil Evans, Lena Horne. He's like 80 years old. I mean, but he is amazing. And he and his quartet... It was just i mean it was fantastic, but the other good thing about the Blue Note Club is they have two showings, so we went to the early showing, which started <laughs> at eight o 'clock at night. see, I thought we were going to have to like wait till like ten or eleven to hear the music, but we we were in our seats at seven thirty in this nightclub and it was all over by 9 30 <laughs> and i had managed to hear a grammy award winning you know top of his game fantastic jazz quartet and i was back in my yoga palace by 11 <laughs> o'clock at night
1: that's uh, ideal timing
2: this right. is it so if you're like me and we're a little afraid Afraid of like going to a jazz club i check this place out i mean it had plenty of international people i know it's kind of a it may be touristy but you know ron carter's not tourist. he's not a, he's no tourist trap i mean he right. is like real deal and his quartet everyone was so outstanding um so it's a fun night for other urban nanas that might be out there
1: <laughs> <laughs> early bird out. jazz early bird jazz
2: I am not embarrassed, Liz and Leon. I mean, maybe you two would be. I was delighted. They make you get out of your seat at 9.30, quarter of 10. You can't stay in that nightclub unless you want to pay for the the second show.
1: That was a good night. That's good. Well, you know, for my Beatles tickets in Las Vegas that I was buying, I had a choice between the 7 p.m. show and the 9.30. I went for the 7 (laughs) yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> well, I figure we'll go out after that for dinner, Leah. That was my thought process. So anyway,
0: <laughs> okay. So not the early bird dinner then. No, no, not show.
1: dinner before the seven p.m. show. I thought okay. if we're out on the strip at nine thirty, that's that would be exciting, right? Yes. <laughs> Leon, right. there
2: were plenty of young people there, there were plenty of young people at this first showing too so i mean i didn't you know but I, it wasn't all old people you i know? think so eight I guess-
0: o'clock is respectable a- eight okay. is respectable hour you don't have to be ashamed okay. about 8 p.m eight <laughs> o'clock is
1: respectable okay. <laughs> oh god well that snow in brooklyn that's what hit you dc too Leon. right
0: yeah a, a lot of snow yeah fun Oh, do you want me to, is Julie staying on? I'm sorry. That was my cue. Staying wasn't...
1: on. I'm staying
2: with you. You know, we've had some technical difficulties uh, and we weren't certain. So I, this is a short report this week from Urban Nana, oh, just to say it's okay. going fine. But uh, yes, I was in the snow. I posted a picture where I, indeed, I think I have become Mary Poppins. I don't know. I bought some hat. It's just, <laughs> it's my friend's, talked me into this hat but it looks like mary poppins hat i don't i don't know i mean maybe that's
1: why i bought it because i was the shape was familiar and i thought oh i like that I don't well know. plus in the you're you're kind of carrying like the big mary poppins bag right. in the photo so it was the total yes, look well, and you, bring... you have an umbrella over your head yes so the uh yeah you nailed it the, the look you nailed it
0: well, in DC, we had snow. It was we had our event Wednesday night, so it started to snow Thursday morning. And uh, I had a few things to take care of in the morning, but then I wanted to get I wanted to get out. Once they canceled the State Department ceremony, there was no. I had nothing to do and no place to go, and almost every flight was canceled out of DC. I wasn't going to get home any sooner. I had a, a flight on Friday night. So I thought, okay, well, this is my big shot. You know, I haven't been to Washington, D.C. since I was in college. Really? Wow, it's like me in Vegas. It's true. (laughs) I hadn't, again, we had flown in once for a work event where we just flew in. We did the event. It was like, remember that? A radio conference or something? It was a
1: public radio program director's conference, as I recall.
0: Okay. And yeah. and then we flew out. And so I never got to do anything, drive around the monuments or anything. So there's so much on the mall I have not seen, like the Vietnam Memorial, the World War II Memorial. Really, oh, I don't Wow. I mean, <laughs> yeah, quite a bit's happened, Leon. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, at one point I walked past the White House and I was like, I don't think I've ever walked past the White House before. I mean, remember I was in college and Monica was like 25. So we yeah. weren't doing a lot of historical touring. Like I would go to and visit. You missed, her.
2: We left you home for the family trip.
0: Yes. To Washington. So you didn't, yes. you didn't
2: make that. Yeah.
0: No. So there's a lot of like basic sites I missed out on. So it really kind of surprised me when we walked past the White House. Our hotel was on Pennsylvania Avenue, but much further down. I was like, whoo. Oh, There's the White House. Okay. All right. (laughs) Kind of sneaks up on you. So I headed out. It was, you know, 30 and blowing and snowing. They got nine inches that day, uh, snowing pretty hard. But I headed out. I had brought my snow boots. I, I got the down coat shortly before I left, the practically free down coat with the fake hood fur. I had my beret. I had uh, several layers on. I had gloves. And I headed out for like a three-and-a-half-hour trek in the snow. I walked all the way down past the White House. I walked to the Washington Monument. <laughs> I was like... There were like a dozen people on the National Mall total. <laughs> like <laughs> the government was completely shut down. Nobody, there weren't any guards. There was very few people doing anything. There were some people shoveling snow. But then I just like schlepped down that mall and I saw the World War II Memorial, uh, which is kind of grand. And I'm yeah. sure it's prettier when the water's in it. I don't know. It wasn't. I, I thought the freezes were very pretty, but I don't know. It wasn't, didn't thrill me, but it's very grand there. And then, uh, then the reflecting pool. They seemed to be that was drained, of course, and it didn't matter because it was snowing so hard. Then I saw the Vietnam Memorial, which is a very moving memorial. I maybe you've heard. I don't yes. know.
1: <laughs> no, it's one. It is very moving. You're right. Insanely, that's why people love it
0: it's so simple and it was even more dramatic covered in snow the black marble coming through and the Korean War Memorial I certainly Monica certainly never took me to see that I can tell you that <laughs> and then we got to the <laughs> and, so, and then i got to the Lincoln Memorial and that's the only one that's kind of open which was fortunate because okay. they had some nice bathrooms in the bottom and then <laughs> but you know the Lincoln Memorial that is like that is uh marble steps many many marble steps and going up them in the snow i thought oh my god i'm gonna die right here in the lincoln memorial
1: i i think It'll it'd be, be a perfectly very fine dramatic. place to die though like if you're gonna yeah. go be very dramatic I, you know. we, could, we could do a very
2: nice, nice eulogy lean you know <laughs> that she died on the steps of the lincoln memorial i can see it
0: now so, i managed to get to the top i was like whoo and that again, it's really touching. The Lincoln Memorial, it just gives you chills, especially when there are only two other people in the place because there was no one there and they were French. Uh, So it's just so dramatic. And then I like very carefully walked down the Lincoln Memorial steps. And then I trudged back through. I I knew I had my new phone, girls. And I have to say, it's fantastic.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm I felt like an idiot. I hadn't upgraded my technology before. But I didn't want to use the GPS. I just wanted to trudge through. Unfortunately, Washington DC has many fine signs that get you places yeah. <laughs> to the White House the National Mall the archives the Smithsonian all over town there are plenty of signs for people like me <laughs> so I walked right through the campus of GW which is a really cool kind of urban school very nice and then found my hotel again I was exhausted I <laughs> I felt like I had done the I did a rod or something <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I, I well, You've been talking about how much you
2: miss snow all winter long so oh, no. that you know and and nobody really wanted to hear that from Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California <laughs> about how much you miss snow. But now that you've had a little snow event, I'm happy for you. But I then love you got it. to fly back, fly back to sunny California. So Yes,
0: well I I got back in, I had a quick lunch and I don't you know Julie, I turned it right back around and I went trudging into Georgetown. I was like and everything was shut down in Georgetown. There wasn't a single store open, everything, no no employees had showed up. It was really a blizzard for them. And that was beautiful, like seeing Georgetown, the charming streets and everything just covered in snow, and there were no cars. And I was out for another two hours. I felt like I, I really did it. Now, the next day, I could literally barely walk. I was so, <laughs> so <laughs> sore. I I got out of the cab at a friend's house, and she's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "I'm fine. I just, I just trudged around for five hours in the snow."
1: That's that's what an Iditarod will do for you with no training.
0: <gasps> that pool
1: training is not going to help you for that.
0: Oh, it did not. It did not, Liz. Uh, and then when uh, I what I liked was the other ladies in our committee from Pasadena. What did they do in the snow day? They stayed in the hotel room and they played bridge. So that <laughs> that's what they did. Thank <laughs> you. But I was happy to see it. D.C. is a great city. And, you know, the thing about D.C. is you kind of feel like it's your city. Yeah. It is. uh, You don't feel like a foreigner. Even though I was not that familiar with it, I felt like, oh, this is all very familiar. This is my town. It's a great town. So I really, really enjoyed my stay. And then when I did a little college tour of American University the next day, uh, and met a friend and then hopped back on the plane. But um, I really enjoyed it. Love to come back. Anytime. So next
1: year, if you go back and it's not snowing, you might be able to get into Some of the museums and get inside some of these places that were all
0: locked up, or stores, or anything. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like I did have this epic one-day journey around Washington D.C. Not like I mean, am I never going to get to go in these places, (laughs) Liz? Maybe that is just your fate
1: in life. Maybe that's (laughs) (laughs)
0: it—to never.
1: That is your destiny.
0: It just made me laugh walking past the White House. For God's sakes, it's the White House.
1: (laughs) Doesn't it shock you? Does it seem smaller than you thought? Yes. Yeah, it's not that. Yeah, that's what I think every time I see the White House. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful home, but it does. It looks like a home with a few buildings attached to it, but it's you know, it's not some big honking palace the way California home. I mean you have much bigger homes than California. Yeah it's another Texas size big- home. No,
2: no, we got much bigger places. Yeah, right around the block. So uh <sighs> but it's a fine place, later. So good for you.
0: All right. And then okay, so then I had two movie it was on the plane. I watched two of the plane movies and um Normally, I don't watch the plane movies but uh, because it hurts my neck to look up. <laughs> so I'm short. But I had good seats for the plane movies this time, and I had a new headset for my new phone. So I decided to go for it. So I know we are well past the Academy Awards, so this commentary may or may not be relevant at all. <laughs> but I happened to see two movies about abusive coaches and, uh, and their charges, and it, they were both disturbing in their own way. I saw Whiplash on the way out about the maniacal music teacher and his jazz drummer protege. And then Mm -hmm. I saw Foxcatcher on the way home, which was about the crazy wrestling coach and the abusive relationship he had with an Olympic gold wrestler and then ultimately shooting that guy's brother. (laughs) I'm telling you. Have you seen either one of those movies? They were yes. both so disturbing. Didn't you find that, Julie? Like, yes, really No, they're disturbing. both
2: uh, haunting. Uh, Foxcatcher is a very haunting, disturbing movie. It's well done. Steve Carell is excellent in it, but it is uh, it is the opposite of feel good, Leanne. Yeah, it, it's sort of stunning. And, and, and I have not whip, seen
1: Whip. I haven't seen uh, Foxcatcher, but I've seen Whiplash, and that is, yes, very sort of shocking and dark. I liked it, though, for what it was. It was so intense, but I don't see it as an airplane movie.
0: I know. I don't know what either one of those movies were doing on the airplane. It was like they put the wrong tape on the plane. Where was Big Hero 6? Like we were promised, Liz. Where was it? All I know is that Whiplash, I had so much anxiety watching that movie. I felt terrible at the end of that movie. And I would just like to say to the Academy... I know J.K. Simons was excellent, and I know Steve Carell was excellent, but I didn't understand why the young boy didn't get nominated. Yeah, yeah. I thought he – and the same with Channing Tatum. I thought Channing Tatum in Foxcatcher was unbelievably good. Like, I, mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. So those are two movies I cannot recommend. But, um <laughs> no, I mean, they're very intense. And Well, people
2: might be flying in the next – couple weeks, leigh and and those movies will be on airplanes. So it's, this is, you're doing a public service by uh, telling, letting people know that they should just read a book.
0: (laughs) Well, I was thinking that that whiplash should be a good movie, you know, to rent and have the boys watch because it would be like, oh, just try hard and beat, do your best. No, it's not that at all. Like the poor (laughs) Uh -uh. kid is like bleeding most of the time in the movie because he is drumming so hard. To get the approval of this completely crackpot teacher. Yeah. I couldn't believe how intense those movies were. So, and I would just like to give my own Academy Award to the to the young men who played the victims in those movies. <laughs> they were fantastic. So, there you go. But, well, now that
1: Julie's such a jazz aficionado, yes. the, uh... <laughs> I'll yeah. take
2: you to my nightclub next time you're in the city. You can come with me. I know a place down in the
1: village. Well, it's funny, Leanne, because I have a TV recommendation. That will solve all of your problems. I, a TV show that is the exact opposite of what you just described. And it's the new show that just started this weekend on Netflix. It's the the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Have you read about this at all? Yes, Anyone? I have. Okay. No. This is the number one word to describe this TV show is kooky. It <laughs> is so kooky. It is so good. It is charming and funny and Positive, but kooky. And uh, and it has also a great backstory and how it got to there. It is, of course, like, could we love Tina Fey any more than we already do? No. I, you know, I still have an empty place in my heart where 30 Rock used to be. But now uh, that's where the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is. Tina Fey and her producing partner, Robert Carlock created Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt for NBC. And... NBC looked at it, thought about it, knew they should, like, take it, but then just couldn't bring themselves to do it because it was too offbeat, and they're trying to, like, actually attract a wider audience. So Netflix picked it up. So Tina Fey and Robert Carlock got to make it for Netflix. It stars Ellie Kemper, you know, from The Office.
0: The Office, so cute. The redhead from The Office. Oh, my God.
1: She's so great in this. So basically the story is – she has been kept in an underground bunker in indiana for 15 years so one of those very dark stories about women that are kidnapped and held prisoner so in the in the pilot in the first episode you see her um, getting released from her underground bunker where she's been held with four other women. And they do kind of a media tour now. There's this media frenzy about the Indiana mole women, as they're called. <laughs> so the Indiana mole women are on the Today Show with, Leon, your favorite, uh, Matt Lauer.
0: And... Uh, <laughs> That's the perfect role for him as, like, (laughs) fake news guy. Yes. That's what he is. Yeah.
1: And uh, anyway, then she just decides she is not going back to Indiana. She is going to stay in New York, and she is going to make a life in New York. So it's like – it is like a kooky Indiana mall woman meets Mary Tyler Moore meets that girl, you know? And so the whole – I watched three episodes last night. And it's all about she's finding an apartment, she's finding a job, she's trying to get a date, you know, just normal stuff. But because she's been underground for 15 years, she doesn't quite have the skill set to do some of this stuff. But she is the world's most super optimistic person. So I totally recommend this show just as an antidote. So many, everything on TV now, so many of the shows have these very dark characters at their heart. And this is just the opposite of that. So Ellie Kemper's in it. Jane Krakowski plays this like totally crazy, uh, like Upper East Side woman that who needs a nanny. Uh, Carol Kane, you know her. She's, oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, talk about cookie. Uh-huh. Cookie. <laughs> she brings the cookie. She's in there. The co-star, a guy named uh, Titus Burgess, becomes her roommate. Anyway, it's really fun. If you have Netflix, check it out. I would highly, highly recommend it. And, uh, you know, it's got that Tina Fey, like really smart, snappy writing, but it is just positive and fun, but totally unexpected and kooky. Uh, like if oh, you, good. if you want to get rid of all of the negative energy that you still have in your body from whiplash, Liam. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. I do. If you're still feeling whiplashed, I recommend Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. All right, Liz, that's a good recommendation. I'll check it out. Yeah. And they're 30 minute episodes, you know, so you can bang through quite a few on a Saturday night home alone, which is what I did. <laughs> <laughs> because even my dog was out last night. So where, where was he doing? <laughs> I I have a little bit of a Ferris update. I mentioned on last week's show that um, there seemed to be a hunger strike going on with Ferris. Oh, that he was yeah. he was sick and he wasn't eating and I wasn't sure what to do. Anyway, this is this actually brought up kind of a sticky social situation that I want I want your girls to give me some advice on. So the so Sunday I said he was pretty sick by 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 Tuesday morning, it was clear that I needed to take him to the vet. So I yeah. call the vet. I make an appointment at the end of the day Tuesday so I can go to work and then come back and get him. And then, uh, yes, my vet is in Malibu. I know that sounds like a totally California thing uh, to say, but my vet is in Malibu. And uh, so the, that Tuesday morning, I also called Mark the dog walker. You know, who comes in every day in the middle of the day to walk Ferris while I'm at work and cares for Ferris when I travel for work, which, as you know, is quite a bit. So so Mark is like, you know, Ferris's co-parent, I, I would say. And so I called Mark just to say, by the way, I'm taking him to the vet this afternoon. Because Mark does sometimes leave me notes that are like, in case you haven't noticed, your dog is very sick. You know, not like that. But, you know, <laughs> he just likes to. He feels very. I mean, he's sharing
2: his concern. Yes. He has a lot of concern. He takes responsibility for
1: things. He does. Yes. So I call him to tell him that I'm taking him to the vet uh, at the end of the day, Tuesday. And he said, um, great. Can I come with you? And. Oh. Oh. See, sticky situation of the month, right? So much as I love Mark and Mark loves Ferris, that just seemed, mm, I wasn't sure what to do about that. Yeah. You know, but then I thought, Mark really does love Ferris.
0: Yes, he does. And Mm -hmm. Ferris
1: really does love Mark. Yes. And Mark, when Ferris was sick two years ago, when he first got lymphoma, Mark really helped me take care of Ferris. Yes. And nurse him back to health. So, so I said, yes. So I drove home from work. I picked a sitcom.
2: <laughs> Liz, you live in Malibu. They have people there that have sister wives. So there's no problem with having a dog husband. I, I know. Don't, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. No I know. problem.
1: Julie, that's totally, like we're in the waiting room and the, uh, and there are lots of other combinations of people there. But talking about Jane Krakowski in that TV show, I felt like I looked like a woman who like can't handle caring for her own dog so needs to bring a dog person with her do because it was just too much for me so that was a little bit awkward the dog right It seems...
2: Right, and let me say this, and would that, I bet it made Ferris feel better to see the both of you together, (laughs) which is probably what Ferris really wants in his
1: life. I mean, you know,
2: a lot of dogs get so nervous when they go to the vet, so to have the two people that
0: care about him the most Uh, be there together...
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: okay, well... That Maybe may, he thinks there's a future for you and Mark. He's been trying to bring you together for years. That could be it. That could be... This is maybe what this whole hunger strike is about.
1: I think, just, I think you just need to Google dog husbands or dog spouses. I had to spend the night last night at the vets. I went up to Malibu this morning to get him back. And now, the because he's still still pretty sick, the the only thing he was eating at the vets was the... The venison this well, venison, butternut squash, sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, Julie, your favorite, and cranberries, all in a kind of mash. Um, this is what Ferris will be dining on tonight. The, he has rejected all chicken, all beef, all fish, everything except for the venison. So well, he was, I guess, hunter at uh, at heart, Liz. He's going back to his basic roots. That's and. Uh, you know what, Julie, Perhaps. that is actually what one of the people in, in the vet's office said this morning.
2: No way. No, no he, way.
1: But she put it this way. She said, why would a terrier eat fish? <laughs> like, a point. like, what were you thinking? There's just <laughs> nothing in a terrier's DNA, but he does enjoy salmon sometimes. Anyway, so, um, so we're going to see how that's going to work out. Maybe the venison will help him feel better. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's... He appears to be on the mend a little bit. He, got, he basically all use the night, just focusing on getting rehydrated. <laughs> I <Hydration. laughs> would love to love to plug myself in.
2: Yeah, just to go month. stay
1: somewhere for the night, hook up an IV, get rehydrated. You're all good to go in the morning. That's what we're dealing with here now, and then we'll we'll see how the venison works out tonight, and uh, hopefully he's on the mend from whatever whatever is in there. Uh, okay,
0: all I can tell you is please. Don't Google dog husbands. Okay, you're not. Oh, okay. That's, oh, you just did? Don't... Okay. Oh, yeah. I uh, don't do it. Okay, now it's irresistible. <laughs> well, then don't have the kids around when you do it. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, there's. Huh? Yeah, is it? Yeah. Oops. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Urban Nana. Don't do, okay. don't do that around the baby. No, We're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't want at, at yoga's
2: at yoga's Heather palace. I don't want to leave that as part of my email footprint. Oh, okay. Uh, I,
1: anyway. So, okay. So there we go. What do you guys have going on this week? So now that Downton Abbey is over, by the way, your finale of Downton Gabby was hilarious. It was just, I, and I haven't watched a single episode this year, but I kind of feel like it can't be as good as Downton Gabby. So, uh, but like the Tuesday show now, what's uh, you got a plan?
2: We, we yeah. we're going to work on it. I mean, of course, I think we're going to see Cinderella. Uh, that yeah. will be our next yeah. thing, Leon. That we're the new Disney Cinderella, because two of the main characters from Downton Abbey are appearing in Cinderella, so that will be fun. But we are in search of a new show. Uh, Leon has a suggestion, um, and we'll be we'll be taking some suggestions. But you know, we're still you know you have to. You have to have a kind of a break before you uh, launch right into another show. Yeah. Because we make such a commitment to these shows, right, Liam?
0: <laughs> we do. We commit to not reading anything about it at yeah. all. To have yeah. to do no outside research and just commenting off the top of our head. And that is not easy to do. <laughs> we have Outlander returning in like six weeks. So I think that will be a good break for us. But we are keeping our eye on The Royals, the first scripted show on the E! Network, which looks like it's going to be total trash. Yes. So uh, starring Elizabeth the Speaking of total trash, Elizabeth Hurley. The
2: great Hurley. actress. The great actress. Elizabeth Hurley. And
0: I saw a preview on the plane the other day and I'm telling Julie, it looks good. I'm I I think we're okay. it's, it's, it could be our bridge it could be our bridge show, think That's it. Have
1: a great day. Okay. Everybody have a great day. We're the satellite sisters and don't forget, call your
0: satellite sister.